Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 166. Matt does Disney. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up, everybody? And Tom. I thought you, like, malfunctioned when you didn't start the intro right when we started recording. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So this is an episode I thought we'd never record. It's a, it's a, it's a proud day for the boy. Matt went to Disney. I went to Disney, and I'm so excited to talk to everybody about it tonight, especially you two, even though you guys probably know everything that I did, because I was in constant contact with you guys. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it, it, not going to steal your thunder, but I was impressed with what you were able to accomplish uh, in a, a fairly condensed number of days in, in the parks and in Orlando, and I guess the only fear I had was, would you be Disneyed out? You know, we we've got the trip coming in uh, in a few weeks, and I and I didn't want you to get back. Like, man, it was great, but I really don't have the energy to turn around and do it again. But I think uh, that's not going to be an issue. Not at all. So just just a couple of a uh, couple of news items that uh, that I do want to hit that have that have come up since we've recorded last, which has been a couple weeks. Uh, Boobash has started. We've we've seen some of the videos coming out from Boobash. Uh, you know, it's it's funny the the first night of Boobash, which was sold out, suddenly tickets became available for like an hour before it started. Uh, but but from what we've seen, the parks didn't look that crowded. Uh, they are not doing Space Mountain in the dark, so that is a change from the uh, from the villains after hours event that we went to. But uh, but pretty much everything else is the same. Although I will say I'm very disappointed they're playing Boo to you during these cavalcades. I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. Um, we haven't we haven't been yet. Uh, I know Pete kind of said like, "Look, that's a not so scary song." They didn't have a different song. I'm not that upset or bothered by it, but I also have not been in person yet. I, I have seen some some videos from opening night and uh, a few other nights, and it it looks like uh, the only the only complaint I've heard so far is it needs to be a little longer. If you want to do everything that they have to offer, you, you kind of have to choose between cavalcades or rides. And so that would be the only uh, negative so far that I've heard. Yeah, the cavalcades, they, I mean, they're, it's a quick event, right? And so the cavalcades come quickly. And, and you know, from, from what we've seen in the videos, there's no way to do everything at, at these boo bashes in the, in the amount of time that you have. So you do, you have to pick and choose. Do you want to do rides? Do you want to see the characters? Do you want to get treats? Do you want to try to eat Disney out of all their popcorn and, and Mickey premium ice cream bars? Uh, you really got to make tough decisions here. How many bags of popcorn do you think we're gonna we're gonna be able to eat on our trip? I mean, at least you know a total of like four to five. I would imagine. But the big problem is we're gonna be doing a lot of rides, and you can't take the popcorn in the queue with you. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's uh, I, Tom. What did, I think we did twenty last time, something something like that, and we figured out the break even point was like. Somewhere around sixty-four bags a person. We didn't quite make it there, but I think uh, I think that's that's a goal. Well, in general, when I was in Disney, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it's like two dollars for a refill of popcorn or something like that when you're actually in the parks in the Magic Kingdom. I, mean, I heard someone on the monorail talking about that. So, I mean, Disney's definitely making their money on popcorn if they're offering that deal for sure. A um, couple of 
news uh, news items. Obviously, Disney's gearing up for the 50th anniversary. Uh, we've seen some announcements, early access, extended park hours for DVC guests. Um, all that is all that is happening. We've also seen pass holder previews and uh, DVC previews and now D23 previews open for the Rat Ride for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. We've got a couple guys signed up for uh, pass holder previews because they're going to be going on when we're down there. Don't know if we're going to be able to talk everybody on, but uh, but at least a couple of us are going to be able to experience that. Well, I'm still hopeful that with our new our newfound cast member friends, maybe they can get us on there as well. We will see. We can always hope. Um, moving on, and, and I don't know how closely you guys have followed this saga between uh, Scarlett Johansson and, and Disney. She essentially sued Disney for their the way that they released Black Widow. They've since cut ties with her and uh, are no longer making a Tower of Terror movie with her. Um, I I think one of one of the guys in our group said it best when he said we should all get our Scarlett Johansson t-shirts out and, uh, and ready to wear to the parks. Just see what kind of reaction it invokes. I mean, honestly, no one's going to notice. You know, I, I'm di- really disappointed about this. I was looking forward to the movie. Uh, I think Scarlett Johansson is a good actress. And, uh, you know, I... I think I saw all together. Yeah, and you may have just said this, Pete, but all together they've scrapped the movie. That they're not going to do a replacement Correct. actress or actor. So, Correct. I was excited for that movie. I love that attraction, but I guess we'll have to keep waiting. Um, and then let's see. We did we did get a little bit of news about Splash Mountain and, and kind of the future of Splash Mountain. Uh, Disney has confirmed that the reimagining is still going to happen. Uh, they've not given any time frame. Uh, they've essentially said that the preliminary work is being done. You know, I, I think they announced this way ahead of the game to to get on the the train that was coming down the track, so to speak. Uh, and and they really they really didn't have any plans in place, at least solid plans at the time when it was announced. But but they have since confirmed that this is going to happen. All right. Any any other uh, any other news? All right. Well, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun, but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, well, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about your trip, Matt. Yeah. I'm amazed I'm, you pulled it off. Yeah, I'm amazed it happened. It, um, it was a great trip. You know, we were down in Orlando for five nights, um, kind of split it up or... We did a Wednesday through Sunday trip. So Wednesday night, you know, we were in Disney Springs, had four days in the park. We did Park Hopper and then 
we woke up on Monday morning and drove home. So what I'll do real quick, I'm just going to take our listeners and you guys through my trip. Like I said, I think you guys know a little bit about it, but let's let the listeners know how I attacked this being at Disney for the first time in, you know, five plus years. So we had a little drive ahead of us. So we, we left on Wednesday. Um, we arrived in, in Orlando. We stayed at the Doubletree, the Hilton Doubletree at Disney Springs, got in around 5 p.m. Um, we checked into the hotel, showered, and then we went over to Disney Springs. We actually have some friends that live in Orlando, so we made sure to catch up with them. So we did a little bit of shopping, met up with them, got some drinks before dinner, and then we went to Wine Bar George, which, Pete, I know you've talked about Wine Bar George. That place is fantastic. Um, I mean, the menu, like, just so folks know, it's not an inexpensive, inexpensive dinner, especially if you're, you know, doing all the wine they have, you know, the drinks they have. But what we ended up doing was the our wives got wine, and me and my buddy... We each got a couple old fashions and we just split their $60 charcuterie board, which was, you know, the meats and the cheeses. And it was a lot of food. And so that's what we ended up doing at Wine Bar George. And we, we ate at like nine o'clock so, at night. So Wine Bar George is tapas, right? So yeah, yeah. you really, I mean, you, you really pick your own, you know, and, and for, for tapas, I feel like it's a really reasonably priced meal. You know, it's it's certainly not... You know, you're certainly not going to go in and spend 80, 90, 100 bucks a person on uh, on food. Now, yeah, you get you get a bottle of wine or something like that and obviously your uh, your your mileage may vary. But uh, and I think I think the major takeaway from Wine Bar George is it's not you know, you think Wine Bar George and you think oh it's this pretentious place. It's it's really not. Mm-mm. No, it's not. And you know, we actually we we kind of got a late start. We were trying to find the best reservation we could find at Disney Springs, so we were just on our My Disney Experience, you know, apps on our phones, and we we're able to grab one. I think our reservation was at nine o'clock, so we so we ended up, um, you know, going to going to a couple different. Well, actually, we went to one place. Went to one place, and they had um seven dollar happy hour. So you know, we got margaritas and we got beers and stuff like that, and we had a really good time, but. One Bar George does have, I think it's like two or three like main courses that you can purchase that are like $75, $80 a pop. And the the waitress was amazing. And she just said, look, you know, most people do tapa, like tapas, like what you're talking about, Pete. And they just get six to eight of them and just split, you know, split around the table. And I mean, we if you're going with your with your spouse or your significant other or even just a friend, I mean, you can get out of there for less than a hundred dollars pretty easy and be full with with tip. So it's a place yeah. I would definitely recommend you go to, even if you think it like Pete said, it seems a little pretentious when you're walking up to it. But it's definitely a place that's not going to completely break the bank. Now, and and the 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 main courses that they offer are they're served family style, they're shareable. You know, two to three people at least can eat off of them, so they're they are huge. Yeah. Um, so that was Wednesday night. We ended up leaving Disney Springs at about eleven thirty, and Disney Springs closed at eleven. But we we grabbed a couple of drinks from from Wine Bar George as we were leaving, and he let him let us walk walk out with him. And we just kind of called up with some of our friends and had a good time. And they ended up actually dropping us back off at our hotel room, so we didn't have to get an Uber. Um, but anyway, so that was Wednesday. So we just kind of did what Tom always does and Pete always does. You know, get there a day early, go to Disney Springs, have a good time. I highly recommend everybody does that. Um, on Thursday morning, um, Thursday was Hollywood Studios and Epcot Day for us. So we started our day in Hollywood Studios. We had Park Hopper. 
I woke up at 6 a.m. and I was so ready to get a Rise of the Resistance um, virtual queue boarding pass. And as you guys know, I did not get a boarding pass. And that is something that, like, you guys talk about all the time, but unless you've seen the bullets flying and you're trying to get a, a, a boarding pass for Rise of the Resistance, good luck. Because like, when I say it fills up in 11 seconds, it fills up in 11 seconds. I mean, Tom, you're 100%, right, on getting boarding passes? Which is crazy. So, I mean, I was pretty dejected after I did not get a boarding pass after getting up at 6 a.m. and just staring at the clock until 7 o'clock. And I have, I have a couple, or 7 a.m., I have a couple of tips I can give you all here a little bit later that really helped us because we ended up getting a boarding pass for the 1 p.m. Um, Rise of the Resistance that day. So anyway, um, Pete gave us a really good tip. We got to Hollywood Studios around 7.15, 7.30 in the morning for a park open at 9 a.m. Um, we actually had to go to Will Call and get our tickets. So we didn't have magic bands. That's how long it's been since I've been at Disney World. <laughs> I didn't have a magic band at my house for either of us. So we had to do Will Call. We got our tickets, and um, that worked out well. And Pete told me, and I, I didn't know this, a lot of our listeners probably do, but at 8.15 a.m., they just let us into the park. And the park didn't open till nine. And yeah, and this is this has changed a little bit. Um, when when I went, and really since the parks have reopened, uh, what Disney's been doing is essentially when when the parking lot opens, everything's open. You park, you walk in, and and everything's open. Uh, in in the past, really the past two or three months, they've gone back to holding people. You know, letting people into the parks, but holding them at the hub at, in Magic Kingdom, uh, holding them at the, at the bridge in in, uh, in Animal Kingdom. So, so that's not the case anymore. But you still do need to get there. You know, it, you can't roll up 15 minutes before rope drop and and expect to be near the front or or expect to to get on anything quickly. And that's how it was for us, Pete. You know, we got there at 7:30, and when I say we got there at 7:30, it was like 7:30 on the dot. Got an Uber, dropped us off, and while we were actually waiting at Will Call to get our tickets into the park and you know for the entire you know trip, the line was just kept forming. People kept coming, kept coming, and we were probably, I mean, I would say at least five hundred to seven hundred and fifty people back from you know actually getting to the park at eight fifteen, and then you know at Hollywood Studios, you know you you get in the park at eight fifteen, and then they take you to designated areas where, you know, you kind of pick if you want to go to. Galaxy's Edge, or you want to go to like Sunset Boulevard, or you want to go, um, you know, p- kind of pick your place in Hollywood Studios. But obviously, Pete, you can attest to this. Everybody was going to Slinky Dog Dash. Like everyone was going to Toy Story Land. So yeah, and most and most most people do. You know, it, it used to be that people people went to Galaxy's Edge for some reason first thing in the morning. But but I think they've learned that there's really no point doing that. So so yeah, pretty much everybody goes straight to Slinky now. Yeah, which is exactly what we did. And, you know, we got there and it was kind of funny. You know, you, you lay the best plans and things happen. As soon as we get to like the rope and we're like, you know, 30 people ahead of the rope, my wife says, I have to use the bathroom. So I, I'm like, all right, well, let's go find a bathroom. You know, I didn't want to didn't want to be a, a bad sport about it. So we find a bathroom, we get back and, you know, we, we by the time they open at 830, like, you know, let us in. And they're very particular. You have to walk underneath the arches to get Toy Story Mania. You can't take any shortcuts, you know, back over by the Chinese theater and go through the sideway. Um, yeah, you have to go through the arches. 
And by the time we got there, I mean, I sent you guys videos and people were just streaming into into um, Toy Story Land and especially Slinky Dog Dash. We ended up waiting like 45 minutes. Not bad. I mean, we were off the ride by 9, 9 o'clock, 9, 10, 9, 15. So, you know, when the park would normally open, we had already done Slinky Dog, which is a big benefit. So make sure you do that. Um, my take on Slinky Dog is it's everything y'all said. It's a lot of fun. It's one of the most fun rides in Walt Disney World. and it's just fun. It's the best way I can say it. Um, so I definitely recommend you do that. From Slinky Dog, we went to Toy Story Mania. It was about like a 40-minute wait. We waited like 25 minutes. really wasn't that bad. Um, I definitely beat my wife by like 60,000 points, so that was pretty fun. Um, after that, you know, at, at that point, like here's the thing. like Make sure you bring snacks and you bring Gatorades and you bring, you know, water into the park with you. Um, I never got my book bag, you know, checked. My wife only got her book bag checked when she had an umbrella in there. But make sure you bring stuff because, I mean, we spent $35 two hours into the park because we got two Gatorades apiece. We got a couple bottles of water and then we got, you know, some some breakfast sandwiches or biscuits. And we'd already spent 35 bucks. So that, that was kind of crazy. So we did that after um, Toy Story Mania. Went to Tower of Terror. And guys, I mean, you've seen these lines, but I guess I wasn't prepared for it. I mean, t- the, the line to Tower of Terror was halfway down Sunset Boulevard when we got there. Um, so that was kind of crazy. It said 60 minutes. But I think we waited about 45, 50 minutes. I definitely impressed my wife with being able to um, say aloud every part of the Tower of Terror video. Um, you know, the, the pre-video, that was fun. Um, when we got done with Tower of Terror, I mean, it was an, an hour and a half to kill until we got our Ogas reservation. So we did Muppet Vision 3D and just walked around Galaxy's Edge. Now, Ogas is ridiculously cool, guys. Like, you guys have talked about it, but I mean, what, what's y'all's favorite thing about Ogas? And then I'll, I'll talk about it after I hear y'all's stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, how much do we want to talk about Ogas to not spoil it for any listeners? Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I wanted y'all to talk first. Yeah, the drinks are, the drinks are, uh, expensive but tasty but but delightful um it's really easy to go in there and particularly if you've got if you've got two people i, I mean i can i can spend 50 to 75 dollars in there in in an hour easy yeah so the way it worked for us i think we could stay in ogas for they i think we had a 45 minute reservation but they didn't kick us out after they, 45 minutes so yeah they they say that when you walk in and I mean, I I try not to be. I try not to be too bad about that, uh, because you know, there are a lot of people trying to get in, and you know, we've got right now three Ogas reservations for our trip in September. So, um, I try to be kind when it comes to that, and they will let you take to go drinks out of there too. So, realistically, you can get you can probably get three drinks and a to go drink if you're if you're quick about it. So our Ogas was pretty fun. Um, we got there around 11.45 a.m. And that was, you know, a reservation. They they took us to the bar. I, I noticed, Pete, there's some tables there. And my wife and I were kind of talking about it and saying, okay, maybe if you have a bigger party, you know, you can you go to a table. I don't know how that works. It's, it's whatever they have available when your reservation comes up. You can request a table. You can request whatever. Pre, pre-COVID, and, and as, as Tom has attested, They'll they'll put you, they were putting people at tables with other parties, um, but we've been at the bar before with five people. Um, it's just it's totally random. So 
Well, it was pretty fun for us is, um, you know, we did Ogas at 11.45 and we didn't know what to expect. And the one thing they did tell us is like, hey, you know, please stay stay in your spot. You know, don't move around the bar. If you like take pictures whenever you, you exit, you know, if you need to go to the bathroom, you can take pictures on your way to the bathroom outside. But, you know, don't, please don't be walking around the bar. And I guess that's a COVID thing. But, you know, we actually were really it was really fun for us because we walked in and they took us to the opposite end of the restaurant. And we were actually on the end of the bar. So, you know, we kind of got to see everything on our walk through. Um, so that was cool. I got, th- I actually got three drinks. I got a fuzzy tauntaun, a jet juice and the outer room. And my wife, she wasn't, she wasn't feeling too hot that day. So she got um, two non-alcoholic drinks. She got the hyperdrive and the Java juice. And I mean, all five of those drinks were, I mean, I didn't have any of hers, but they were fantastic. Um, I think I like the fuzzy tauntaun the most just for the experience. And the bartender kind of laid it on thick about, you know, don't inhale this, don't drink it through your nose. And I mean, I'll, I'll let everyone go try the fuzzy tauntaun to, to get your own experience, but I definitely recommend getting it. Um, Jet juice and outer room, both are really good. I mean, jet juice was more of like a a standard smaller cocktail and the outer rim was something with, you know, with ice in a tall glass and kind of tasted like a, kind of like a boat drink. And we ended up doing um, the Hapabore sampler, which is kind of like a charcuterie board in galaxy's edge. And it it was pretty good. It was $21. I don't know if we'd order it again, but it was, it was good. The big thing for Ogas, though, was we were still in Ogas when it came time to try and get a second Rise of the Resistance boarding pass for the 1 p.m. slot. And we talked to our bartenders and they were like, hey, look, you know, we recommend you get off Wi-Fi like everything you and you and you know Pete and Tom have, have said. But um, they also said only use one phone, which, you know, I know you and Tom, Pete, both do two phones. Um, we did one phone and they recommended we go to time.gov. So we can actually see the, like the legitimate time clock that Disney uses. And we did that and it worked perfectly. You know, I had my wife's phone out for time.gov. I had my phone getting the boarding pass and we got the boarding pass forward. And it was awesome being in Ogas when everybody was a little hammered and, you know, 75% of the bar getting a boarding pass at 1 PM. <laughs> that was awesome. Cause everybody was just, you know, cheers in and, you know, ordering extra drinks. So that was a lot of fun. Um, so that was good. Um, we after that we did Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. We did Rock and Roller Coaster. Went to Andy's Lunchbox. We got Tots and um, Tater Tots, and we got Grown Up Lemonade. And then we did we went back to Galaxy's Edge later in the day to do Smuggler's Run, and just kind of killed time until we got to Rise of the Resistance. But Pete, Rise of the Resistance, I didn't have words when I left, and I actually felt kind of bad because we have a group text with the one of our buddies who's going on a trip with us in September. And he hasn't done Raj yet. And I felt so bad for sending a couple of pictures, Pete. And like, thankfully oh, he's, he's seen, he's seen the videos. Oh, okay. So he, he's, he's all good. But dude, talk about rise for a second. I didn't know what to expect, but I kind of left it just thinking about where are we going to be in the next 20 years in technology? Because like what I just experienced was something that was absolutely did not make sense to me how they did it. Yeah, it's it it's a it's a very impressive ride, and it's it's well worth all the hype that uh, that goes along with it. Um, you know, the again the the criticism that I have is I think they put the wrong characters in there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with is that. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, I, I will say, and and you, I know you'll talk about flight of passage in a little bit. 
to me, Rise of the Resistance is not is not as repeatable as Flight of Passage is. Um, and and I guess what I mean by that is with with Rise of the Resistance, you you really start to kind of piece together how they're doing things and, and what's going on the more you write it. Um, and it, I don't want to say it becomes less impressive, but it, it loses some of its some of its magic, I guess. Whereas with with Flight of Passage, I I just I don't feel like it ever does. So yeah, I'll definitely talk about Flight of Passage here in a little bit. I will say that I kind of feel similar to you, Pete. I mean, and I, I think I told both of you like after I got off that I might have overhyped Rise in my head a little bit, um, just because I, I I I'm the person that didn't look at a single spoiler, I didn't look at a single video, I did not know what to expect. I just knew that it was a ride that kind of incorporated some live actors, um, and that's what I had in my head. And I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but it definitely was worth it. And like the whole, I'll go back to Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. I mean, they use some similar technology with, you know, the trackless vehicle, which I'm, I, I'm so amazed by that. I can't wait for Ratatouille to see what happens going forward, but so much fun. Definitely do it. Um, I mean, my wife, you know, we have a buddy that is going on a Disney trip with us, a different buddy. And like he said, he teared up twice on rise of the resistance the first time. And when I told my wife that, she was like, you know, I, I actually kind of get that because like just seeing where we've gone from technology from like, it's a small world where it's like cardboard cutouts and you're just riding along a raft to be able to do what Rise of the Resistance does. It's just like, what's going to be here in 20 years? It's so cool. Um, I guess I quickly should t- touch on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I was impressed with it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I don't know if it's going to be a ride that I'm going to be trying to do every time I go to Disney multiple times, maybe just once a trip. Does that make sense, Pete? It's grown on me. Um, I, I was very critical of it when it first came out. I had a bad experience on it the first time I wrote it, uh, and I was very negative about it. But it's it's grown on me for sure. And it, but yeah, it's it's not something that it's not something that I want to go ride three times in a row or anything like that. Yeah, like I like I would with Flight Passage. A hundred percent. So after we did Rise, um, and actually, Pete, I'll talk about this really, really quickly. I'll try to at least. Um, you know, we had to we had to cancel a be our guest re- dinner reservation that we had so we could ride Rise of the Resistance. And my wife was awesome. She was like, "Look, this is one thing you really wanted to do. We have another be our guest on Sunday that we were just like holding just in case." And we did the trick that Pete talks about on the podcast all the time. We we um modified a reservation, moved it out to the first thing I found, you know, 30 to 60 days away. And that way we didn't get charged $20 for, you know, skipping out on the reservation. So we did that and that allowed us to rise and that was awesome. So after rise, we um we went to Epcot and we ate at a few places. We did Soren and then we watched Epcot Forever and got a couple of, my wife got a wine flight and I got a couple of different kind of things to eat. And have, Pete, have you seen Epcot Forever? I have, yes. I thought it was great. I mean, I I thought it was better than Illuminations. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I miss Illuminations, but I do like I do like Epcot Forever. It's a good show. So after that we left left the hotel and at this point we were Ubering everywhere. So, you know, we just Ubered to Hollywood Studios and then took the um Skyliner, which is super cool. Never done that before. That was awesome. To Epcot. And we didn't get to Epcot till like seven thirty, so it wasn't like we had a lot of time to do a lot of things. So Friday was the Magic Kingdom and kind of like I hinted at earlier, 
after spending about like 200 bucks in Hollywood studios on Thursday between ogas and different kind of snacks and stuff we were getting and Powerades, you know, water, all that, we ended up going to the grocery store very early on Thursday morning and kind of loading down um, our, um, our hotel. So we spent about a hundred dollars at the grocery store, but that probably saved us two to $300 the rest of the trip just on, you know, power aids and water and things that, you know, just kind of sustain you in the park. So I definitely recommend making sure you carry a book bag, bring some water. I'm saying power aid cause that's what they sell at Disney, but we, we actually bought Gatorades. So maybe do that. Um, and what we typically do is uh, get get an Amazon Fresh delivery the night we get there with water and yeah. Gatorade and snacks and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you schedule it for for that evening. They bring it right to your hotel room. Um, that way, you don't have to worry about it. So, a big tip that I'll give everybody is when you're going to the Magic Kingdom from off of Disney property, make sure you get if you're taking an Uber or a Lyft, you get dropped off at the Contemporary. Throw a point of point of caution out here, though, because it really depends on the security guard that you get at the gate of Contemporary if you're going to be able to do this or not. Um, my wife and I went in April. The parks were very crowded. I actually had an order at the Contemporary, like a, a mobile order for food at the Contemporary, and they would not let us. They would not let our Uber driver into the Contemporary. They turned us around. And told us we'd have to go somewhere else. And so we ended up having to go to back to the transportation and ticket center, which made us late getting into the park. So be cautious uh, and, and just know that this is not a guarantee that you're going to be able to get off here. But it does save you a substantial amount of time walking from the contemporary versus going to the transportation ticket center and taking the monorail or the ferry over. Yeah, so 100% on, on kind of like Pete's, Pete's thought process there. The very first time we went to the Magic Kingdom, we said, hey, drop us off at the Contemporary. And actually, I talked to Tom. I don't think I talked to you about this, Pete. But, and he and Tom actually said, ask them if they'll drop you off right before the Contemporary Gate entrance. And so I actually... And, 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 and yes, you, you definitely do that. And that's what I've tried to do. Um, but, again, the... And, and the only reason I know this is because we experienced yeah. the Uber driver in front of the Uber driver that my wife and I had was getting a lot of crap from the uh, from the guard at the gate of the contemporary for doing that for for letting people off before they came on the property because they're you know they obviously they don't want people doing that yeah and so what I will say I'll, I'll say a couple of things here Pete and feel free to chime in you know after it but um, our Uber driver was really savvy and they said no I'm dropping them off at the contemporary like they have bags I'm dropping them off and so they let us right through. Um, the next time that we asked the Uber driver to do that, I said, Hey, you know, we're going to the contemporary where you drop us off. He's like, well, are you going to the contemporary or magic kingdom? And I said, well, we're going to the magic kingdom, but we'd like to be dropped off at the contemporary. And he was like, no, I can drop you off right where the buses would drop you off for the magic kingdom. And I felt like he was trying to be helpful, but we ended up at the ticketed, (laughs) ticketed transportation center. And, um, so we ended up taking the ferry boat over because there was a huge line for the monorail. Um, so yeah, we took the ferry over and I think it was a little bit faster actually, but yeah, so I mean, do it at your own risk, but I will say if you Uber to the magic kingdom and via the contemporary, we paid a $27, um, Uber ride fee to get away from the magic kingdom that night from the contemporary. Cause it was surging. It was like right after fireworks. So 
if it was me, I think I would just park at the the ticket and transportation center, Pete, and pay the twenty five dollars if I'm going to go to another park that day, because that was that was kind of annoying late at night waiting for an Uber. But anyway, long story short, um, we had a great time in the Magic Kingdom. Um, my wife did a lot of rides she had never done before. I will just say that, like Pete, the pa- I mean, the parks are packed, just absolutely packed, and and I hate it. I hate it for folks that you know might be vaccinated or or whatnot and the mask the mask thing because I mean I saw children I saw adults I saw elderly people I saw every age range struggling with masks and you know thankfully Disney I think the Disney cast members kind of understand it's difficult so if you need to pull your mask down for a second take a breath blow your nose like they're really not all over you but it's just it's it's difficult and if you're going to Disney in the summertime like right about now just understand that it's going to be difficult. It's not going to be what you're normally used to. But when you're not in the in the inside or you're not on a ride or you're not in a queue, you don't have to wear the mask. But obviously we go to Disney to ride rides. So and Pete, I mean, I'm anticipating for our next Mendu Disney trip, the mask, the mask mandate will still be in place. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't think that's gonna change. Yeah, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Um so like some of the highlights. Um, we actually did see the the Dapper Dan performers. That was a lot of fun. Um, we did the People Mover. That was something my wife had never done before, so that was fun. Um, Haunted Mansion was great. We went to, I mean, you guys know what the Magic Kingdom is. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here. Um, the biggest issue, Pete, and this is kind of like a PSA to everybody going to Disney. So the rain started, and I texted our group, and I was like, hey, guys, what's the best place to ride out the rain in the Magic Kingdom? And um, we ended up just doing Peter Pan's flight. We were pretty close to it. We just got off Haunted Mansion, just had some lunch at um, Columbia Harbor House. And so we went to Peter Pan's, Peter Pan's flight. And thankfully, we got in like the queue that's, you know, over, you know, where you don't have rain hitting you, you're kind of like under some covering right before the rain started. But guys, if you're in a queue and you have masks on, please don't crowd the people ahead of you. <laughs> we had a family behind us who every two seconds, like, Literally, I could feel someone breathing on my neck or like touching my shoulder or touching my bag. And that was kind of off-putting. So don't do that. And it kind of like really, it really kind of made it a tough time to be in a really, really cool queue. Because Peter Pan's a great queue, but just be mindful of people when they're, when they're in front of you or you're behind them. Because that, that was actually pretty tough. Um, another tough thing was we went to Gaston's Tavern and... You would think a taproom would have alcohol, Pete, but it did not. It had cupcakes, and it had pastries, and it had tea. And LeFou's Brew. You can get LeFou's Brew there. Yeah, and I, I read through that it's very frozen, carefully. It's frozen apple juice. I read through that very carefully, thinking I would be able to get a little bit, but I could not. So um, after that, we went to Under the Sea with Ariel. That was a whole lot of fun. And then we went to Epcot again that night, and... This is just a friendly reminder, guys. When you go to Disney, it's going to rain on you. You are going to have an hour spell of rain, maybe hard rain, maybe thunderstorms. But just understand it's going to happen. And Pete, actually, when we went to Epcot that night, I didn't have a poncho or a rain jacket. I'd had one with me the entire trip, and I just didn't bring one. And of course, yeah, that's what happens. So we we tried to get in Mexico. We tried to get to a couple of different pavilions, and we ended up just riding out the rain underneath a... um. One of the, the kind of like not a cart, but you know, like a, a quick service place that's not, you know, you know what I'm, I mean, Pete, can you explain it a little bit better? I mean, it's like on the side, right before you go to the pyramid, 
And it's just a little like building that has food that you can grab quickly. So we did that. Um, and the rain just kind of never stopped. So we just ended up waiting for the rain to stop and going to China. We went to Germany. We grabbed a, grabbed a little bit of food. And then we just waited for the rain and kind of walked around the park. So that was tough. Um, that was pretty tough. Um, Saturday was a fun day, though, because I went to Animal Kingdom. And unfortunately, my wife was feeling a little bit under the weather. So I went to Animal Kingdom by myself. And Pete, that was the morning that I called you and I was like, hey, Pete, I don't know what to do, but I am the second person in line at Animal Kingdom waiting to go in the park. And I got there about seven o'clock in the morning for an 8 a.m. park opening. And Pete was Pete was guiding me the entire way. And I mean, honestly, guys, you can probably just follow the crowd because the entire crowd is going to fly to passage. But I was so thankful for Pete kind of being that angel on my shoulder. He's like, all right, you're going to stay to the left here. And I ended up like FaceTiming you as well, Pete, like, here's where I am. Here's where I am. And, and I mean, it was packed too. The, the, the amount of people that were, that were behind you was absolutely insane. So anyway, got to Flight of Passage. I was actually the first person to leave the Flight of Passage line, which walking through that queue, first off, walking through the queue to get to the ride was amazing. The, it's so intricate and there's so much detail there that I kind of felt upset that I was walking through it quickly. I didn't want to wait an hour and 20 minutes, but I, I kind of wish I could take a little bit more time there. Um, Flight of Passage is everything it's cracked up to be. I know um, J.C. Sherbert, who was on a podcast a little while ago with us, he said if he had this ride in his basement, he would never get off of it. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think they do a great job of keeping the ride entertaining and interesting the whole time. Because, I mean, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but when you're on the back of a Banshee, there's one thing you want to do every single time you're on the Banshee. And it happens a couple times, and especially at the end. So get excited for that. Um, but yeah, I think I called you right after Pete, and you were actually talking to Tom, and y'all merged me. <laughs> and y'all were, y'all were pretty pumped to hear my thoughts of Flight of Passage. And if I thought I overhyped Rise of the Resistance, I did not overhype Flight of Passage. It, was, it exceeded my wildest expectations. And if we do a March Madness bracket you know, next year, Pete, Flight of Passage will probably be definitely be number one on my list. I mean, it's 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 amazing. Um, one thing I will tell you guys, like go to Animal Kingdom and you can spend. If you get there, rope drop, you're done, Pete. What would you say, like 11 a.m.? I mean, I did Everest, I did Dinosaur, yeah, I did Kilimanjaro, and by 11 a.m., I was kind of figuring out what else to do. Yeah, realistically, you can you can be done. You can be done with Animal Kingdom by. Yeah, 11, 11 o'clock, 11.30, 12 o'clock, something like that, depending on where you eat lunch. Which kind of made it tough, though, because, like, I mean, I had to go to guest services and switch my, my wife's um, um, ticket around because she was supposed to go to Animal Kingdom with me. She didn't go. So I had to go to guest services, and I spent about 35 minutes in line there getting her ticket switched to Magic Kingdom, which the cast members were awesome. I mean, once I talked to a cast member, it took two minutes, so... If you're ever in that situation where you have a park hopper and you have a dinner reservation at a different park and someone from your party doesn't make it to the original park, just talk to guest services. And that day, Magic Kingdom was actually blacked out, so you couldn't get a, a park pass to Magic Kingdom. So that's why I had to go to guest services, but definitely do that. Um, so, Pete, Animal Kingdom finished that out. I went to Satuli's Canteen for lunch. That was great. Um, I got a rum blossom, rum blossom next door. That was awesome. And um, 
Yeah, I, I can't say enough about Animal Kingdom, especially after being in Magic Kingdom where it was like ridiculously packed, like so packed that I'd, I'd forgotten how packed it could be. Animal Kingdom was a, a breath of fresh air. Um, so that night, I went back to the hotel about 1230 um, that afternoon, hung out with my wife, checked on her. She was feeling better. So we um, went to Magic Kingdom for Cinderella's Royal Table. That was an amazing meal. I mean, top notch. I mean, just understand when you go to Cinderella's Royal Table, when you, you have to pay in advance, but that that's actually covering gratuity. And that's one of the few places I think at Disney that does cover gratuity. And we kind of didn't know what to do, Pete. We were sitting there like, all right, like I have, I have like 50 bucks in my pocket to tip him with, but do I tip him? Do I not? And he came to us and said, it was an amazing time. I had an amazing time with you. I was, you know, it was my pleasure to serve you. Everything's been taken care of. You know, thank you so much. I hope you have a great rest of the day in the park. And so that was one thing we weren't sure about. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a good meal. It's not something that, you know, I would do on every trip, but it's, but it's certainly a, a good experience. It was a great experience for my daughter. She loved, she loved seeing Cinderella. Yeah. And I guess I should point out at this point that, you know, Cinderella right now just walks out. And I can't remember what she did before, but she walks out. She does a couple, a couple turns and, she comes out, I mean, she she came out four times while we were there for an hour and a half. So you're going to see her, like, don't don't freak out that you, know, you have to get a picture of her and, like, stand up and move around. She's going to come out a lot. Um, so that was good. Um, my wife actually got the scallops and I got the duck. And both of our meals were fantastic. The duck is good. I got, uh, yeah, I got the duck as well. Um, it's very good. One thing I will tell you, um, this is just for our listeners and you as well, Pete. Um, Tom had to drop off, but... My wife wasn't sure what appetizer she wanted. And, you know, this is kind of like a prefix meal. So you have to kind of pick one, two, three, what your meal is going to be. And she was between two appetizers. And um, our server brought her out both of them, which was super nice of him. I was so appreciative of that because, you know, that was, that was great. And then afterwards, she was like, oh, no, I've already had two appetizers. She's, she's like, I can't get a dessert. He's like, no, don't worry about that. I'll bring out whatever dessert you want. So... I'm not saying use it to your advantage, but if you're in between something, just tell them because like they really, they do a great job of serving you and making you feel like royalty. And that, that was very appreciative. Very appreciated. Um, that night we were going to do, um, we were going to do fireworks. We ended up not doing fireworks because it was just super congested. So we, um, we made our way over to Pirates of the Caribbean and we did that. And I can't, we also did Haunted Mansion. We do Haunted Mansion at night, so that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so that was that day. I mean, Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor is something we did. That was a lot of fun. My joke did not get read, which which was you know, kind of heartbreaking. So um, that was that that was Saturday, and so we're on the last day now. We did Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. Um, we kind of had a rough night Friday night in our hotel. Um, we had some issues. And um, we didn't get to sleep till about one thirty in the morning, two o'clock. So we got a late start, but we still went to Animal Kingdom because my wife didn't get to go the, the day before. Um, and so we got to Animal Kingdom around eleven a.m. Um, flight of passage was one hundred and twenty minutes. So I just said, "Let's go do Kilimanjaro Safari." And while we were um, in line at Kilimanjaro, we um, mobile ordered Satili Canteen for my wife so she could experience that too. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, we spent a lot of time you know, kind of pin trading, shopping around the park, kind of getting some last minute souvenirs. Um, let's see. 
we went to Sutili's. We got two more rum blossoms for each of us, or one one for each of us. We rode Everest, and we ended up doing Flight of Passage. And we waited. It was 85-minute wait time, but we just kind of told ourselves, hey, at the end of the day, we're only in Disney once, so let's let's make sure we do this again so she got to experience it. Um, so we did that, and the last, the last night we were kind of pooped, so we went back to Magic Kingdom to be our guest. Um, I will say that I, I didn't think Be Our Guest had the best service, but the food was phenomenal. So I don't know if we just had an off night. Yeah, they no, they try to cram way too many people into Be Our Guest, and so the 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 servers there just have too many tables. And and then you know being a being a server myself, I kind of like kind of understood what was happening. But I mean, for me, like if I were to go to a restaurant in my hometown, paying seventy five dollars a person for a meal, give or take, um, you know, with with drinks. It was just like, I'd like to have water on my table within 20 minutes, which didn't happen to be our guest. Um, you know, we, we waited over 20 minutes just for water to get to our table. But after that, everything was fantastic. I think like Pete said, it was just a little crowded. Um, my wife actually had a good idea though. Like it'd be our guest. You only, it's kind of like Cinderella's Royal Table. You only see the beast come out a couple times and he does a couple, couple walks around, some bows and, you know, maybe a little couple twirls. But my wife brought up that Be Our Guest is kind of supposed to be a celebration. It's kind of like a show. Like, that's what the dinner plates are doing. That's what Lumiere is doing. And that's Mrs. Potts. And it'd be kind of cool to actually use the upstairs and maybe have a show aspect to that. I think in Magic Kingdom, it would definitely fit. And I thought she had a good idea. But that was our trip. Um, we left on Monday. We drove back. And I don't know, Pete, what do you think? think we, I'll tell you what we didn't do. We didn't do Splash Mountain. We didn't do Test Track, we didn't do Jungle Cruise, and we did not do Mission Space. Those are the big rides we missed. We'll we'll, uh, we'll do Mission Space after a round at Epcot. You'll you'll regret it, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll get on Splash Mountain at some point. Um, no, it looks, sounds like you guys did a lot. Um, you know, we will certainly try to add to that. Uh, add to that here when we go back in September. We'll do some different different things. Hopefully, get you over to Trader Sam's. Uh, get you into Chef Art Smith's. And uh, go from there. Well, the big, the big regret I had, and I kind of understand how you guys do Disney. Like crowds in the Magic Kingdom are very tough, and crowds in Disney overall are kind of tough right now. And I understand why you guys spend so much time in Epcot and so much time like enjoying like the food and the drinks, because we didn't do that. Like we literally were trying to get the Disney experience of riding rides. I mean, I guess the last thing I should say is we we did watch. Um, I think it what happily ever after the projection show, Pete, we, we watched that in the fireworks the last night. And that was the great way to end our trip. But I think if we had spent more time in Epcot trying to like try different cuisines, try different drinks, try different, you know, just cultural stuff. We spent probably no more than seven hours in Epcot or six hours total over four days. So we really missed out in Epcot. That was, that was kind of a bummer. Um, no fast pass is a huge bummer, Pete. Like it's just the lines are bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, and I, you know, I, I read Tom Corliss from Walt Disney World News Today wrote a wrote a review of uh, of Boobash and uh, and essentially said that you know Disney's major problem right now is that their guest experience for regular people is is absolute garbage, and it's you know it's 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 tough right now with crowds at record levels and and there's no relief from that there's no fast pass there's 
you know, it's 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 tough right now. Well, look, now. what I'll say is like right now, like look, we went to Disney World in the middle of the summer. Like we knew there were going to be storms. We knew it was going to be hot. The one thing we didn't know was about the mask coming back. You know, that that was tough. I think like mask coupled with the heat is a different experience. Um, and I think everybody struggled with it. And, you know, I actually talked to some people and, you know, I kind of told you, Pete, I thought Disney was kind of grandstanding a little bit with the masks because they'll, they'll pile people in to a very small area inside and you have to wear your mask. But they'll also pile you in outside places and you don't have to wear your mask. But what I told a couple that I think was kind of struggling with it is, look, I think Disney's stance right now is some mask is better than no mask. And we can't control everything, but if we can control some areas, that's that's a good thing. But I'll, I'll just say, like, it was tough for me. And I've never cared about wearing my mask before, but it was just very, very difficult. Um. I'll also say like rope drop, like I talked about a couple times, like rope drop is everything. And Pete, the way that we do Disney might be different than the way a lot of other people do Disney. But we, when we do Disney, we're on a mission. We want to do all the rides we can. We want to eat at all the places we want to eat. And I don't, I think if you don't do rope drop, you can't do Disney the way that we like to do Disney. Would you agree with that, Pete? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to, I mean, you really, you know, my experience when I went in January was, I we got there at rope drop. We were done with all the, really all the attractions we wanted to to do before, you know, eleven o'clock, and then, you know, we just sort of bounced around after that because the lines just get to a point where you don't want to stand at them anymore. It's just not fun. Well, that's what we did. We actually left the Splash Mountain line and went to Haunted Mansion because Splash Mountain was it was thirty five minutes, so everybody ran over there. And if you guys know anything about Splash Mountain. We got to the actually where you see the standby line, you know, start and it shows the time time left. And five feet away from us, before we walked underneath it, it went from 35 minutes to 65 minutes. Sounds like you guys had a great trip. Hopefully we'll be able to top it uh, here in September. Um, so nothing else. We'll, we'll go ahead and go to the uh, the trivia and secret for the week. Tom had to jump off. He has some house guests and apparently he is the maid at his house. So. Um, he will, uh, he'll be back next time. So secret of the night, did you know when someone spreads ashes in the park, specifically in Haunted Mansion, Disney shuts down the rides and sends in a custodian to vacuum it up. Uh, we have heard conflicting reports on if they are in hazmat suits or not. So please don't try to spread your loved one's ashes in Haunted Mansion. Uh, trivia of the week. I believe this was our trivia question from last week. And correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Where can you find the nod to Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World's opening year? Uh, that, of course, is on Engine Company 71 at the Main Street Fire Station in Magic Kingdom. Uh, there are a few other nods on Main Street, but uh, but that is the main one. Uh, and then trivia question of the week. Where can you do the garden tour at Walt Disney World? So... Let us uh, let us know what your guesses are. Send us a tweet or uh, or send us an email. That's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.